and the Oscar goes to Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. And the Oscar goes to Lupita Nyong'o. And the Oscar goes to Halle Berry in Monsters Ball. And the Oscar goes to Hilary Swank in Boys Don't Cry. And the winner is Marvelous Meryl Streep. And the Oscar goes to Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. And the Oscar goes to Olivia Colman. Welcome back to this week's of Academy Queens. I am the one cigarette Geraldine Page didn't get to smoke in the uh, pub of Greenwich Village, Joey Gentile. And I'm Robert Redford's favorite piece of wood, Brandon Stanwyck. <laughs> this is Academy Queens. Shut the fuck up. That was good. That was good. I know you were just saying you were so worried about not having like an intro. I was trying to figure out how to word it correctly. <laughs> that was good. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. Bam. Welcome to this week's episode of Academy Queens. Uh, we are your LGBT guide uh, to the Academy Awards per category per decade, where this episode is 1984. Wow. It's a snooze fest episode. Mm -hmm. Well, I shouldn't say it's a snooze fest episode because we're entertaining as fuck, but this right. is a bad year. Yeah, I'm not very enthusiastic about a lot of these nominated performances. Love some of the women nominated, uh -huh. but these particular performances I'm kind of iffy on, so it's going to be a fun episode. I feel like those are our more fun episodes than the ones where we love everyone. Yeah, I mean, we just um, we just recorded 1982 yesterday, right? so we're doing 84 today, so for you as a listener, you know, that was a really good episode two weeks ago, um, but like... From going from the excitement of what we had to deal with yesterday to this, I'm just like, womp, 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 which is why I brought us lube. Right. For those of um, you who think it's actually lube, in a way it kind of is, because it's um, Chardonnay. Mm hmm And Mama Soccer needs her... Mom lube. Ma yeah. Mama needs her grape for this episode, because it's just like... Mommy juice. Um, one thing I didn't get to say, though, yesterday is... Um, Congratulations to both of us not winning our categories for Cleveland Scene Magazine. Oh, right. Uh, no, I mean, it was it was... It was interesting right i placed third um for comedian mm -hmm. in cleveland you placed fifth i placed fifth of five fifth of five but no local writer which i was actually surprised to even just get the nomination because yeah. the other people nominated were like legit writers like mm -hmm. connie schultz is a pulitzer prize winning writer mm -hmm. for um, the plain dealer and nikki delmott is a great culture writer here in town. She actually just passed recently. Yeah. But um, she did great things for the um, local art scene here in Cleveland. So I was just honored to be even among them. I had no expectations of actually winning. So when I saw that I was fifth of five, I was like, yeah, that actually makes sense. I'm okay with that. But, I mean, to think about it, I look at it this way. Like, we made top five out of everybody in the city in our category. Yeah, so like, Out of all the writers, out of all the comedians... Um, I placed fifth for bartenders, so don't worry about right. that. Um, so, but I was like, yeah, I made top five. I'm top five best bartender. But you know, like, if we won that, we'd be like, oh, yeah, we are the best. Uh -huh. Like, but no, it was pretty cool. But uh, congrats to us. So two claps. Yeah. Yay. Um, but yeah, so I forgot to mention that to you yesterday. Oh, right, yeah. Congratulations oh, to you. Oh, thanks. And you as well. Oh, thanks. You were in several categories. I was just the best of Cleveland. Yeah. You no, just the, are Cleveland. There was one that I really shouldn't have been in, and the only way that I figured could like I figured out that I w was like nominated was actually um Cleveland's local best actor. Oh right. But I haven't acted in Cleveland um at the Playhouse at all since like 2009. So mm -hmm. I was like I don't really belong here. But um I figured out that the week that nominations were being voted on, not the voting of the nominee, not like the nominees here are the nominees and vote, but the voting for the nominations. Okay. 
had come out is that I had done a comedy video a year ago for Fenty Beauty. Oh, right. And it went viral on Twitter and, like, I, you know, not to list my resume here for it, but no, in all seriousness, like, I was featured in, like, Vogue UK and, like... Oh, wow. Like, E! News and all this shit here and, like, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so a year passes and then it was around the time they were voting for the nominees that Fenty themselves picked up the video, mm-hmm. went re-viral on their Instagram, on their Twitter, on their Facebook, on everything... Um, Paris Sultan knows who I am. Of course. She commented at me. Uh, no, but so it was that week that I, it was like, oh, well, he's a comedian, must be actor. It's like the only yeah. thing that made sense to me. You were fresh in people's minds. Yeah, it was fresh in people's minds. But I like, <laughs> I kind of Marina Ditavira myself in that category uh-huh. where I should not have been there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, I'm, I guess I'm a test, top five best yeah. actor in Cleveland. Sure. Woohoo! Uh, but yeah. But no, it was it was fun. Um, but I also too like Sally Kirkland the fuck out of my campaign for uh, comedian yeah. too. Like I was oh, yeah. like, you best vote. I was Moniqueing my campaign. I didn't really campaign because like in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't belong here. I was like a Dor Delano in All Stars too. I was like, I really I shouldn't be here. I don't think I belong here. So I like I didn't really campaign. Like I told my family and they all voted for me and they were all like super excited, thinking I was gonna win. But I was like, I'm not winning. But yeah, it was just great being. It was great being nominated. Yeah, everyone's always like, it's great being nominated. You want to fucking win, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And then when you don't win, you have to be humble about it. I would have felt weird, though, if I had won. Like, it wouldn't have felt right. Oh, if I had won actor, which I knew I wasn't going to, there was no way. But if I had won it, I already told a friend of mine, um, Cody Kirkpatrick Steele, who... Yeah, I know. Who, um... We went to school together. Oh, did you? Yeah. You seem to know everybody that I know. Yeah. And, like, we're all weirdly connected. Um, but I was like, if I win this, I'm passing it to you, because I don't belong in this category. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of the local film and theater people. Because oh. that's what I studied in school, and CSU is so engaging with their students. So, so you know Tasha Brandt? I, I think I know that name, but I don't... So she, I work with her, but she's a, she is okay. a local Cleveland actress, okay. and she didn't expect to get nominated either. She had no okay. idea who voted for her, and she actually placed fourth. Uh-huh. So I was like, yay, good for you. Like, we're all being nominated for something. Like, every, it, it's kind of weird because people are like, oh, do all Hollywood people know each other? And they're like, we're, they're like no, but really they do. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same with, with this group here. It's like, we all know yeah. each other or know of each other. Um, so when they're like, we don't know you, it's like, bullshit. Yeah. We all know. But you know what else we know? Hmm. That this is a shitty year. Yeah, it's not not great. Yeah, it's um, I feel like every decade has a really bad category. For me, in my opinion, it was seventy six. Yeah. For last for the seventies. Uh huh. Eighty four is the eighties bad category. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ninety seven is one of the worst categories in Oscar mm-hmm. history. That was the Titanic year. Sure. Um, I would follow that probably with two thousand seven. Is that when Kate Winslet won for the reader? No, or? that 2000s. It's La Vie en Rose. Uh, yes, it's uh, Marion Cotillard. Yeah. Um, and then I would definitely say 2014 for this decade was the mm. worst. Um, but I think definitely every decade has its worst year, and we have met that year in the 80s. Yeah, which means it's going to be a fun episode. Yeah. It's also, too, why we're seven minutes in and haven't even started yet, because I know how we're going to go through these, and we gotta, uh-huh. we got to expand this a little bit. But, um... But yeah, are you ready? Yeah. All right. Oh, that was a Billy. There was a lot of boom. Did you oh, hear yeah, that? You that dropped was like your phone. phone. All right, take us away. Okay, so in 1984, your nominees for Best Supporting Actress were Peggy Ashcroft in A Passage to India. <laughs> Glenn Close in The Natural. Lindsay Krauss in Places in the Heart. 
Christine Lottie in Swing Shift. Geraldine Page in The Pope of Greenwich Village. Okay, so let's start here with our winner, Peggy Ashcroft, for A Passage to India. This is her first and only win and nomination, and she pretty much cleared the precursors, but in a couple different categories. So she wins the Golden Globe for supporting, the BAFTA for lead, the Boston Film Critics and the Kansas City Film Critics for supporting, and the National Board of Review for lead, the Los Angeles Film Critics for supporting, and the New York uh, Film Critics Circle for lead. And she was also nominated for the National Society of Film Critics and Supporting, but that was the one that she did not win. In A Passage to India, Peggy Ashcroft plays Mrs. Moore. She's excited to explore India and take in the culture, only to discover that the Brits, who have colonized India at this point, are um, pretty opposed to the people and do not associate with them and actively look down upon them and treat them like crap. And she befriends some of the native folk and, and shows them some kindness and encourages them to embrace their culture, more or less. So, um, thoughts on Peggy Ash Ashcroft in A Passage to India? Couple things. Um, number one, she is definitely in the wrong category here. Yes, I agree. Um, she is the lead. It's very odd to me, especially when we talk about Judy Davis here soon, that she got all these precursors. They didn't know what to do with her. They shoved her to lead or supporting and put Judy in lead. Mm -hmm especially when Judy literally had zero precursors going into this. Mm -hmm. um, focusing more on Peggy, I think she's the best thing of this movie, mm -hmm. which kills me because she is in the wrong category, so I know where I'm putting her, yeah. um, because she is really good. Yeah. Um, she's also the only thing I care about in this movie, because I just don't like Ian Forster right. stories to begin with. Um, I yeah, find you're them... not big into that merchant ivory sort of thing. No, and we actually which... have another one coming up here. Yeah, with lead. the Bostonians. Yeah, and I'm just like, ugh, like this is so like how oh god I know people love Howard Zen when we when we get to Emma Thompson in the '90s, but I'm like they are drivel. Mm -hmm. um, it's just so boring. Nothing's going on. I don't like the prim and properness. Like, I also I know it's not the same, but it's like the English lit type thing. But I really also really hate Shakespeare. Okay. Like, I loathe Shakespeare. So I find, like, Merchant Ivory and Shakespeare to be on the same level of snooze fest in my, in my eyes. Uh -huh. Now, focusing on the performance, she's the only thing I care about in the film. She's the most interesting thing in this film. Um, she doesn't give me that old lady shtick mm. that I feel like many actresses of a certain age pull out, uh, a la um, Jessica Tandy and, sure. um, yeah. you know... Any Jessica Tandy performance. Yeah. Um, and we're going to get one in the Bostonians. She wasn't yeah. nominated, but she's in it. Yes. And, um, yeah, it's just like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Merchant Ivory is very hit and miss with me. I, I do like Shakespeare, and the reason I think Shakespeare perhaps translates better to the screen is because it was meant to be acted and spoken. A lot of the Merchant Ivory um, properties are literature. They're novels that were written in the early 20th century that were never really designed to be movies. Yeah. But um, James Ivory and his team of people decided to take them and create this sort of masterpiece classic PBS type thing like mm -hmm. we would have now. So I don't know if they fully work as well dramatically mm -hmm. as say like if he had been adapting plays to film. Yeah. So I kind of see where you're coming from. I'm kind of hit and miss on Merchant Ivory. Some of them I like. Like, I haven't seen Howard's End in years, but I remember liking it back then. We'll see how I feel here in a few weeks when I rewatch it for this. Yeah. 
But yeah, Passage to India for me um, is really a drag. It's like, it's almost three hours long and it feels like six. Yeah. I was not engaged in it for very much of it. Yeah. Um, I do like Peggy Ashcroft in it. I think she's doing fine work with what she's given here. But yeah, she's definitely in the wrong category. Um, she's definitely co-leading here with Judy Davis. Um, yeah, I don't really have all that much glowing stuff to say about it. It's just kind of okay for me. Yeah, and it's it's funny too because she, Peggy Ashcroft wasn't there at the ceremony to collect her Oscar. Mm -hmm. It was the only time Angela Lansbury accepted an Oscar and it was for Peggy Ashcroft. So in a way it was nice to see Angela Lansbury on stage for this, mm -hmm. even though it wasn't her. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I I think she's the most interesting thing about the film. So when I she think so too. when she dies, I I lose all interest in the movie. Right, because when she dies, I think there's like 45 minutes left mm -hmm. of the movie. And I think I, this was my first time watching it. And when she died, I was like, I actually checked the time on the on the DVD to see how much longer I had because I didn't know if I wanted to keep watching it without her. Yeah. <laughs> but Judy Davis was nominated, so of course I had to finish it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's it was disappointing when she died because she is probably the best thing about the movie. Yeah, agreed. But even still, I'm not like writing home about her performance. Yeah, it's not, um... I'm glad she got nominated. It was her first and only time being nominated, and she was, um, she'd been in the industry theater film for decades. So it's really cool that she was finally recognized. Yeah, and I mean, even if you only get one, there's many actors who only get one, they're one and done and win. Like, mm -hmm. Mary Steenburgen, Anna Paquin so far, Tatum O'Neill. Louise Fletcher. Louise Fletcher. I mean, if you can get it on your first and not have to worry about it, who will have to get the Yeah. Yeah, so... Cool. <laughs> go, go Peggy. Yeah, go Pegs. Um, so if, uh, if you didn't have anything else to say about Peggy, we can move on to our next actress. I spoke my piece. Okay. Our next one here is Glenn Close for The Natural. This is her third of seven nominations, previously nominated for The World According to Garp and The Big Chill. This was her third consecutive year of being nominated as a, in the Best Supporting Actress category. She didn't have any precursors going into this. I wonder why. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Uh... There was another actress here who got some precursors, but she was not nominated, and that's Kim Basinger. So, kind of interesting that Glenn Close is the one that pulled out the nomination. Um. In The Natural, Glenn Close plays Iris Gaines, the childhood sweetheart of Robert Redford's Roy Hobbs. As his fame grows, she um, starts following his career and attending his games, and she catches his attention at one of them, and they reunite and uh, he confides that he doesn't think he's very good, and she tells him that he is, because basically her whole role in the movie is to build him up. Mm -hmm. So, thoughts on Glenn Close and The Natural? This movie fucking sucks. Yeah, I don't like The Natural. It is so boring. Like, boring. I agree. There is nothing going on in this. No one is interesting. What the fuck is going on in this movie? Why was Kim Basinger getting any type of nomination? Why is Glenn Close nominated? Glenn Close herself said she shouldn't have been nominated for mm -hmm. this. She literally said the only reason she thinks she was nominated is because the scene where she's lit in the back of the stadium and it looks like she's an angel. She's got no business being here. Why? 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 Right. Why? Right. Why? <laughs> like, like I, I don't, in general, I tend to like Glenn Close a little more than you do, and I'm still confused by this. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I can see a reason for why Kim Basinger would be more likely to be nominated. She has a little bit more to do. She has this sort of interesting femme fatale persona, 
Barbara Hershey. Barbara Hershey's great in this, too. And she's such a small role in this. Yeah. But I think, like, if you were going to nominate a supporting actress somewhere, Barbara Hershey would have been in this film. Right. Barbara Hershey just, in general, doesn't get enough respect. Right. I didn't even know she was in this. This was my first time watching this film as well. And um, it was a drag. I told you, um, too, you could speed through the entire thing and not miss why... I'm just, I'm just weird. I have to watch the whole thing. But, um, yeah, Glenn Close's character for me really bothers me. Not so much her performance, because the, movie, the role doesn't really demand that much of her. Yeah. And um, I can see why even she might be confused why she was nominated, because it's really not that kind of a role. Mm -hmm. But this sort of role, the whole woman who's just there to help a man realize that he's great is really fucking annoying. Yeah. Like, there was an interview with Emma Thompson. It might have been when she did the Hollywood Reporter Roundtable when she was making the rounds for Saving Mr. Banks, mm -hmm. where she said early on in her career, she lost out, or purposefully lost out, on a lot of roles in the late 80s and early 90s because a lot of people are trying to cast her in this type of this type of role. Mm -hmm. the, the wife who's just there to tell her husband that he's amazing, or the daughter, or the mother who's just there to guide a male character right. and make them even better than they already are. Right. And that's kind of what this performance, this role is. Yeah. And it's um, kind of a shame because I know Glenn Close uh, can do better. Yeah, and it's... um, That's our wine. That's the lube. That's the lube. Um, it's kind of funny, too, because Glenn Close turned down... Or she she got hired to play the Vanessa Redgrave role right. in the Bostonians. Yeah, I read that. Then got the offer to do this role, took the natural because then she wanted she wanted to get out of her contract. So James Ivory was like, "You're fired." And then she's like, "I did this movie to star opposite Robert Redford and live every girl's dream." And then I didn't even get to touch him. Mm -hmm. And I guess she got an Oscar nomination <laughs> out of it. So I mean, you know, the weird thing is though, is I could have totally seen Glenn Close winning this this year because of this lineup if. Ashcroft wasn't in there. Really? I think this would have been what the Academy would have just eaten up. Well, this was her third consecutive nomination. That's so, why. So she was definitely on people's minds. Okay, I fixed myself here. That's why, though. Like, that's like 100%. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Um, 100%, I could have seen her take this this year. So Just for the love of Glenn Close, not so much for At the that point. Yeah. I, can, I guess I could see the narrative for that. Yeah, I think that's how they would have done that campaign. Yeah, it, it, it's time. Yeah. Rewarding her for the natural would be a reward for all three years all three combined. In a row. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I could have seen it. Yep. I'm sticking to that theory. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, so if you have nothing else on Glenn Close, we can move on to our next. Uh, oh, I have one more thing. Yes. Why? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so our next actress is Lindsay Krauss, nominated mm -hmm. for Places in the Heart. This is her first and only nomination, and she had no precursors going into this whatsoever. In Places in the Heart, Lindsay Krauss plays Margaret Lomax, sister to Sally Fields' Edna. Uh, Margaret is a local beauty operator. She offers what little help she can to her sister as she tries to keep her own business and marriage afloat. So, thoughts on uh, Lindsay Krauss? First of all, I forgot to mention, this is the year of the farm. Yes. Which we'll get a little bit more into with the leads, but it's important, I think, for Krauss's narrative here. Um, 84 was the year of the, the women of the, on the farm. Yeah. And the women trying to save the farm. Right. Um, I like Krauss here. Mm -hmm. Um, do you know she is Shoshana from Girls' Mom? I realized that after I looked her up. Because there was something about her that was very familiar to me. And yeah. I looked it up and I was like, ah, that's where I know her. Yeah. That's Shoshana's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I like her in this. Um, I like her, her, her clear cut Southern 
mm-hmm. style. Her her line delivery is really good. Um, when her when her sister, who is played by Sally Field, uh, her husband is killed. There's that scene where Danny Glover at the end of the funeral party mm-hmm. or the recession or whatever you call that part of the funeral, um, where she's kind of defending for her sister and she's just like trying to get all ideas of worriness from her, even if it's for a couple of hours. And the way she's like, shoot, shoot, get out of here, go. Yeah. is just very powerful for how little she has to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her in this. I, I think this is a really good nomination for her. Um, but she didn't really have a career that was too big. I Not think a major one. Yeah, I, I don't think she ever really capitalized on her Oscar nomination. Because I think it was like four years later she did a film again. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't really act anymore. So right. this is, um, I think if you're going to, again, going to get a nomination, get it. And then at least you can die being an Oscar nominee. Yeah, that's true. I really like her sort of no-nonsense yeah. attitude throughout this movie. I was yeah. really feeling it. I wasn't crazy about the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the kind of movie that I gravitate toward, but I was really feeling her in it. Yeah. I kind of liked her um, my way or the highway kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, the The murder of, or the accidental death of Sally Field's husband took me by surprise. This is my first time watching this. Oh, Actually, it? fun fact, I had never seen any of these movies. This was the one year where I hadn't seen any of the nominees. Going. Okay. Um, so I vaguely knew what it was about. Like I knew it was about Sally Field saving the farm because it kind of had this year has that reputation. Mm-hmm. And so when her husband is kind of accidentally murdered, like ten minutes into the movie, I was like, oh shit! And I didn't realize that was going to be like the inciting incident for why she has to save the farm because yeah. she's now alone. Yeah. So yeah, that took me by surprise. But uh, yeah, Lindsay Krause is great here. Um, I think she's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad she didn't have much of a career after this because I could have seen her tearing up a lot of roles. Yeah. In the years after this. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I think she's good. I think this is a really good nomination. Yeah. So, this is the only positive thing I've had to say really so far on yeah, these nominees. So, well, I, f- I have a feeling we're going to have some positive things to say about the next one. And that's Christine Lottie and Swing Shift. Mm-hmm. This is uh, her first and only acting nomination. She would go on to win uh, short film live action in 1995, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, she wins the New York uh, Film Critics Circle for this um, because Peggy Ashcroft won in lead. And she was nominated for the Golden Globe and the Los Angeles Film Critics Circle. Mm-hmm. And she was actually the only nominee for this movie. Yeah. Like, this movie didn't get nominated anywhere else. Well, it's Swing Shift in general is not really a great movie. It's okay. It's a very low-bar Jonathan Demme film. It's very early Demme. Yeah. And, yeah, it's okay. And she was the only nominee anywhere this, this movie got. And in Swing Shift, Christine Lottie plays Hazel, a friend to Goldie Hawn's Kay. Hazel wants to be a singer, and Hazel and Kay end up getting assembly line jobs as riveters when World War II breaks out, and all the men have to go off to war. And uh, while contributing to the war effort on the home front, Hazel stands up to men who discount women and don't value um, their worth to society. So, uh, thoughts on Christine Lottie? Yeah, um... I think definitely Lottie is the best thing about this movie. Um, I think this is a very weak um, performance for Goldie Hawn, for... um, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, for Holly Hunter, for... Mm -hmm. Excuse me, for, like, um, everyone in this. I think Lottie is the the shining star in this. Um, I remember watching this for the first time a couple years ago and not really liking it, but... Lottie is what I liked about it. So when I revisited it, I had something to look forward to, and it was just seeing Lottie performing this again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think uh, this is a really, really good nomination. 
I'm honestly surprised she lost this though. Really? To the actual like how I said if Ashcroft wasn't there, I would I feel like Close would have won on the narrative. Sure. But I feel like with this lineup, I'm surprised she like even with Ashcroft here, Lottie wasn't able to take this. Right, because Lottie stands out in this movie. Yeah. I, I, it's I a agree. big standout. Yeah, I agree with you because it feels like Han and Russell, they're just kind of there like this is kind of like their filler movie before they go on to do something more interesting overboard yeah, yeah right exactly but yeah lottie totally stands out in the best way and yeah. she's definitely the best thing about this movie um i thought i was pretty meh on the movie overall yeah but lottie's great um i realized at a certain point she basically invented alice and janney because she kind of is like the 1980s alice and janney oh in this God, role. that's so true yeah this would have been a janney role like in th if this movie had been made in the 90s alice and janney would have played that part yeah and i could totally see that which is also like another reason why I'm surprised she didn't have much more of a career after this. Well, she had running on empty with um, right. River Phoenix. She had a few things, and a, and she plays a lawyer on The Good Wife. Yeah. And uh, she's great on that. There's The Good Wife. Um, yeah, Christine Lottie's great in this. Yeah. Um, I think she's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish we were a little bit more enthused with it. It's just hard to be enthused with this with this year. Uh-huh. We're all just like, yeah, okay, good, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, also, a lot of these movies don't give us a whole lot to work with. No. But these act some of these actresses are okay, like uh, Lindsay Krauss and Christine Lottie. Um, we have one more here, mm -hmm. if you're uh, ready for it. Yes. So our final supporting actress nominee for the year is Geraldine Page in The Pope of Greenwich Village. This is her seventh of eight nominations, previously up for Hondo in 1953, Summer and Smoke in 61, Sweet Bird of Youth in 62, You're a Big Boy Now in 66, Pete and Tilly in 72, and interiors in 78 and she had no precursors whatsoever and the movie had no precursors the only recognition this movie received was geraldine page's oscar nomination and in the pope of greenwich village geraldine page plays mrs ritter and she is very good at smoking cigarettes mm -hmm. and that's all i wrote down <laughs> i am the one cigarette that geraldine mm -hmm. page happened to not smoke in the pope of greenwich village I think she's good. I mean, I, she doesn't yeah. have much to do here at all. It's a scene and a half. Yeah. Um, she's in literally five minutes of this movie. Yeah. And it, this is... I, I see, I've i noticed that I seem to be very much alone with thinking that Pete and Tilly is her best nomination. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, it is. I think that's the best best form of Jolene Page we've ever gotten. I haven't seen all of her nominations, but I did enjoy her in that movie. Yeah. And this, honestly, I say would be her second... I actually really love her in this. I do too. I think she is by far the best thing about this movie because this movie kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, um, and Eric Roberts is just hamming it up. Eric Roberts. Is it Michael Madsen? Yeah. Who's the other one? Um, yeah, Eric Roberts was going for something in this movie. I don't know if it was an Oscar, but he was going for something. No. But yeah, Geraldine Page is literally in a scene and a half. Her main big scene is all on YouTube if you just want to pull it up. I know Joey told me that I need to watch the movie, just watch her scene, but I'm But wait crazy. a minute, did, 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 wait, did, did we listen to Joey again? Oh, I never do. Oh, okay, there we go. Why would I do that? <laughs> I mean, I had, it's, it's streaming on Hulu. As of right now, Pope of Greenwich Village is on Hulu, so I just pulled it up on my computer and had it playing on my laptop while I was like cooking dinner one night. Yeah. And like I paused for Geraldine Page, but otherwise I was just kind of half paying attention to the movie. Because yeah. Geraldine Page isn't really part of like the main narrative. Right. She's sort of like on the periphery because her son is a police officer who's killed by the Eric Roberts, Michael Madsen characters while they're trying to do a robbery. Yeah. And um, her main scene is when like some police officers come to her house trying to get some documents mm -hmm. that her son 
allegedly has mm-hmm. and she won't let them and they're threatening to take away her son's pension or whatever she's and, not having and that. she's not having it and she tells them to go fuck themselves in the best way and she i like how you're like holding the I am, cigarette. i'm holding a fake He's cigarette, holding a fake cigarette. <laughs> i don't even smoke and i'm like waving my <laughs> fingers around and she tells them to fuck off in her geraldine page way and i was living for it yeah um you know what i just like it just hit me too is she is she is giving me full on Patricia Arquette as Dee Dee Blanchard in the oh, act, yeah. like look realness. Oh yeah. Like, well, maybe actually it would be reverse. Like Patricia Arquette is giving us Geraldine Page in the Public oh, sure. Village realness, but like she looks like she's smoking a cart in a day, and I'm here for it. She invented cigarettes. Literally, like I, I, uh, I've not smoked for eight months, and I used to smoke for. T- I was a smoker for ten years, and literally, like that's what I miss about smoking is the sassiness with the cigarette, mm. and. It's funny because when I see, not when I see people smoke because I'm still really grossed out. Like I did the whole Chantix thing, so like it, oh, okay. like Chantix makes me really grossed out by cigarettes. Um, but like when I see certain characters in film, and Geraldine Page is one of them, like smoke, I'm like, God, I miss it. Mm-hmm. But then I smell it, and I'm like, No, I don't. Because she owns yeah. those cigarettes. Yeah. Like she, she's working on that. Them. Was a prop for her. Oh yeah, but she yeah. was leaning into those cigarettes. Yeah. But I kind of realized that. Um, Geraldine Page basically saw what Sylvia Miles was doing in the 70s and went, oh yeah, bitch, I'm going to get an Oscar for four minutes. Yep. And that's what she did. Yep. I would imagine she she was completely surprised by getting this nomination. This could I, have been a Sylvia Miles third nomination. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. But I have a feeling Geraldine Page did this movie for the money because yeah. it's not an Oscar movie. It's a pretty mediocre film at best. But she took that role and she somehow made gold out of it. And got her seventh Oscar nomination, and I'm here for it. Yeah. It's funny, like, because we're going to talk about her win in 85. Yeah, next week. Next week. And it's it's funny when you... It'll be fun to talk about, like, you know, we, we talked about it with Interiors, which I know you and I both did not like her in Interiors. It's a movie that I want to watch again at some point, because it's one of those movies that... Like I mentioned this with Atlantic City, it was one. Of, it's one of those movies that I keep thinking about, mm-hmm. and I feel like when I watch it again, because that was my first time watching it, mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's gonna affect me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited to revisit it, knowing also more of Geraldine Page's work. Well, as of now, though, with you, like right. you and I both didn't like Interiors, and I know like we're we're both kind of like in the minority for that one for mm-hmm. sure. But it's funny when you look at that compared to Pete and Tilly, compared to her uh, Papa Greenwich, compared to what will be the trip of Bonneville next week. When it's when Paige has so little to do, she shines. Mm. But when she has so much to do, she falters. Okay. In my eyes, which is not like a precursor to where I think I'm. You know, where you think sure. I'm gonna put her next year. But like, it's interesting how Paige's roles really affected her depth of character. Hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so smart. Right. I am smart. I is kind. I is an asshole. <laughs> there, you ready? Yeah. All right. So, uh, your lead actresses of 1984 were... For her portrayal as the young English woman transformed by events during the days of the Empire, Judy Davis in A Passage to India. As a widow and mother who turns to farming the land for a new beginning, Sally Field in Places in the Heart. (laughs) 
as a determined woman who refuses to give in to the pressures of government bureaucracy, Jessica Lang in country. For her role as a champion of women's rights and liberties in 19th century America, Vanessa Redgrave in The Bostonians. As the faithful and courageous wife who fights hard times and temptation, Sissy Spacek in The River. All right. So, um... I'm going to say right off the bat that this lineup of actresses really shocked me with doing my homework for putting this together because literally it was the least amount of precursors of any lineup that we've done mm. so far for lead. Like spread across the board? Yeah. Mm. For an example, Sissy Spacek in The River playing Mae Garvey. This is her fourth of six nominations. Um, going into Oscar night, she only had a Golden Globe nomination for the drama category. Hmm. So we'll just start there. In the river, uh, again, this is the year of the women saving the farm. In the river, uh, Sissy, uh, again, plays May, who is married to the one and only Mel Gibson. Right. Roll, I roll. Um, and they have two of the most annoying kids ever put on film. True. And pretty much they uh, are a low-income farmer who are farmers whose land seems to be way below sea level. Yeah, there's a problem with their location. Right, there's a weird problem with the location here because it keeps flooding and the river is getting higher and the higher the river gets, their land depipulates. I don't know the word. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it pretty much is going bye-bye. Yeah. So what do they do to save it? What do you think about this? I like Sissy Spacek in this movie. Um, I thought the movie was okay, mm-hmm. but um, I was really here for her. Mm-hmm. Um, that scene where the tractor tries to kill her was outrageous in the best way. Because uh, So basically she's alone on the farm, and uh, there's a tractor that needs like, some repair work, and she just decides that she's going to do it. Yeah. And um, it basically turns into a, a short story by Stephen King. And she gets <laughs> under this tractor, and she's trying, she's like twisting bolts and whatever, and her arm gets caught in like a, like a chain. Mm-hmm. And um, it gets really bloody, actually. Like, yeah. she's, like, gushing blood. And she's trapped because her arm is, like, inside this chain with inside these, like, gears. And no one... You there. cringe when you see it. Yeah, yeah. I was not expecting it because I was expecting this quaint little farm family drama. And then a straight-up tractor tried to murder her. And, <laughs> and she was, like, bleeding all over the place. And there's no one there to save her because she's in the middle of a field. And I think she was the only one at the farm at the moment. And I was like, oh shit, Sissy's gonna die. Mm. So yeah, I was I was feeling that scene. I definitely feel like this is one of her most emotionally balanced performances. Okay. Um, you know, so far we've talked about her with Carrie Coal Miners missing. Yes. This may be my favorite of the ones we've talked about so far with her. Oh really? Okay. Um, I, I I I'm emotionally connected to May. She's really the only character that brings me into this film. Yeah. Um, I think she is. She's almost a breath of fresh when it comes to these characters because they all seem to be very stereotypical. Yeah. Country folk. You know, like the like the Mel Gibson character and the Scott Glenn character, who's like sort of the villain. Yeah. They're very cookie cutter. Like yeah. it seems like a very engineered movie. I will say though, I really, as much as I don't like Mel Gibson, I really do appreciate their steamy sex scene in this. Oh yeah, because it is very erotic mm-hmm. and it's real hot. Mm-hmm. And like, 
I'm into it. And I love how they're like, kids go outside, bam, bam. Like, it's it's a good sex scene or a lead up to a sex scene. Yeah. Um, but no, I really like her in this. I think I think she's um she's got a lot to do. I think it's a great I don't want to say Sissy Spacek vehicle, but I think it's a good vehicle for Sissy Spacek to really show what she's got as a range for an actress. Yeah, I don't know if this movie was designed to be a vehicle specifically for her, but I think she kind of turns it into one. Yeah, because I know you don't like vehicle films for actors. Right, like, like I use Coal Miner's Daughter as an example yeah. to keep it in the Sissy Spacek realm, but I don't feel like the river really is one, not in the same way. Yeah. I think she takes it and turns the river into a showcase mm-hmm. of what she's able to do, but I don't think the movie was necessarily designed to be one. I would also, too, as much as the film is a little weird to me, I'm honestly surprised that this isn't a Criterion pick. Oh, really? I think, I think it's such... Between this and Country, I think both of those represent such a part of... Um, I don't want to say forgotten Americana. There's a social message to that. They're very socially, yeah, they're socially powerful. So like both those films, they aren't necessarily formally interesting in the way that a lot of Criterion films are, but I'd say that there's a social consciousness to them that yeah. I, I think I see what you're saying. Well, with that, should we just dive into sure. country? Okay. All right. So um, Jessica Lange uh, was our next nominee as uh, she played Jewel Ivy in Jewel Ivy in Country. This is her third of six nominations and going into Oscar night. She only had a Golden Globe nomination for drama. So we got two just with one nominations or singular nominations. Um, uh, in Jessica's farm drama, uh, she this takes place in Iowa and it is instead of a river taking over the farm, it's the FHA mm-hmm. and the banks teaming up to essentially it represented the period of American time where independent farming was being killed for corporate farms. Yeah. And she is not having it. Nope. Um, she ends up, she has these two kids, or did wait, she have three kids? She got the baby and the boy and the girl, right? Something. Yeah, so the three kids and her grandpa, who's played by Mr. Diabetes himself. Yep. And then Sam Shepard, who, rest in peace, um, Sam Shepard, uh, plays her husband, who was at that time her real-life beau. Right. Um, who played her bow in Francis as well. Yes. Yeah. And uh, pretty much she has to literally spearhead saving the farm because mm-hmm. Sam Shepard's character becomes an alcoholic and she's like, fuck this bank. So mm-hmm. what do you have to say about Jessica Lange in Country? Um, this is another one that I wasn't crazy about the movie, but I was liking Jessica Lange in it. Mm-hmm. I think Jessica Lange was maybe a little bit more conscious than Sissy Spacek was in that this was a little bit more of a vehicle for her. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more showy than I'd say Sissy, Spakes, Sissy Spacek's role is in the river. Like, especially at the end when she's, like, telling off the uh, corporate people. And she's like, you're never going to take my farm. And she has that whole big speech. I was like, that bitch knew that was going to be her Oscar clip. Yep. Like, she knew. Yep. So I feel like this one is a little bit more geared toward the actress mm-hmm. than the river is. But um, yeah, I was enjoying her in it. I, she's very compelling, as always. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, she's good. She's doing her Jessica Lang thing. Yeah, this is, again, one that I think should be in Criterion with The River. I definitely, it seems that you don't like the movie as such. I really liked this. I think this is, of the three big farm movies in this lineup, this is my favorite. Okay. Um, I think Jessica is a revelation, per usual, even though I didn't have very nice things to say about her in Tootsie. Um, <laughs> I think this is one of her, I wouldn't say this is her best nomination, but this is probably... For me, top three. Okay. I mean, she's only got six, so I mean, that's 50%. But yeah. um, I think this is a top three nomination for me, for, for Jessica. I mean, I just think even outside of that clip, because yeah, she is holding the baby because they're in the winter storm. And she's like, 
you, a, a piece of paper is not going to tear my family away from this farm. When she says farm, it's just like, yeah. But um, no, I think the whole movie really is like, whether it's like she can't find the, the, the receipts from mm -hmm. the last year or she's in her dad's guest house on this farm um, talking about how she still loves Sam Shepard to the point where she whoops Sam Shepard's ass with that bat. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you get it, bitch. I, I like her in this a lot. Yeah, she gets a lot of um, Oscar moments in this. Yes. And even though like in the back of my mind, I, I roll a little bit when those happen, mm -hmm. she's owning them. Yeah. Like, she's taking charge, and she's doing her damn thing, and I'm here for it. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Moving on? Yeah. All right. Let's get this out of the way. Judy Davis as Adela, or D Adela, I think it is, in Passage to India. Going into Oscar night, she had no precursors. No. Nothing. Huh. Um, in A Passage to India, Judy plays a woman who goes nuts for some reason and social conscious peer pressured into pretty much saying like this dude raped her or tried to kill her mm -hmm. in the cave in, in the cave and then all of a sudden has a come to god moment and is like nope just kidding and that's it mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you think about this um I'm not crazy about it yeah. at all. Um, like I said with Peggy Ashcroft, I didn't really like this movie. It's not my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. um, it's very English, to quote Judy Davis. Uh, I think she, mm -hmm. that's what she says when she's talking to that guy at the polo yeah. match. When she's like, oh, we're all very English. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's a little, it's just not very interesting to me. The performance, the character, the movie itself. Um, I've never read the novel. I've read other Ian Forrester, just not this one. So I don't have any like source material to draw upon. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I really was not feeling this, the role or the movie itself. And it was all just kind of a drag and a bit of a blur to me. Yeah. I mean, even describing it now, it, I having to you know revisit this, I still couldn't tell you what she was doing there. I also do think she's she's the supporting of the film. I think she's in the wrong category here. I don't consider her and Ashcroft co-leads. Even, even though Ashcroft isn't in the last 45 minutes? Yeah, because okay. I feel like, I feel, at least in my eyes, like Ashcroft is the drive of the story mm. to where she's kind of pushing the story forward and Davis is just a pawn in her story. Mm. I don't know. I kind of consider them co-leads, I guess. It's kind of, it's really interesting because, of course, Ashcroft isn't there for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, but she has the more memorable scenes and lines and she's really the one we had really more material to talk about with. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because Judy Davis has this whole episode mm -hmm. with the cave situation. And, I don't know, it's really interesting the way they're, um characters are spread throughout the film and how they sort of balance the narrative in a way I don't know I guess I'm just gonna say they're co-leads because I really can't pick one because each one has a reason for being a lead mm -hmm. I would say and neither of them really stand out in my mind as being more lead than the other so I'm just gonna say they're co-leads See, when I think co-leads, I think of, like, Thumb and Louise. Both of them drive the movie. Yeah. I don't feel like Davis drives this movie. Mm -hmm. I feel like she is the passenger in Ashcroft's film. Mm -hmm. 
That's how I view this. That's fair. Also, too, though, did I miss something? Was there, like, a deleted scene that showed why she freaked out, like, the way she did? Because so, I felt so confused, and I, I've seen yeah. this twice, and I still can't tell you, like, why she did what she did. So I thought that, too. Um, so I rented this from the library, and the DVD I had was a little scratch, and there were a couple of little glitchy moments. And so, actually, I thought that the DVD had skipped a scene. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting hearing you say that. Thinking that oh maybe the DVD didn't skip maybe I maybe there is just a missing chunk there's that just happens be. that just happens off screen because there's no rhyme or reason for her to do that he's literally on his her tail the entire time she's not really lost yeah because that's why I kind of didn't mention that because I was like well it probably was in the movie and I just didn't see it because the DVD was shit yeah but um, yeah I feel like something happened off screen that just wasn't shown yeah that maybe could have helped Judy yeah. Davis and the narrative itself. I don't know. I, it was very confusing. And I feel kind of like douchey in a way, discounting what happened allegedly to this character. But at the same time, I'm like, this movie needs some work. Well, that's why I said it, it felt like a socialistic peer pressure because, mm. you know, she's white and they're in colonized they're, India. They're in, yeah, it, she's the she's colon she's literally part of the colonization. Yeah. So it's like it felt very it felt very much reversed me to racism like mm. driven yeah i don't know it's very it's a very odd film to me it's not like i said we both agree that it's not interesting but it's just i don't I know i feel like the novel's probably more interesting i just haven't read it like i like ian forster's other stuff i feel like they work as literature but like like we were saying earlier a lot of these merchant ivory stuff transferring them from novel to film is just kind of like wishy-washy it's funny too because i mean we'll talk about judy davis again in 1991 or two i think it's 91 but she has she's two she has two nominations and two of the most boring nominations husbands and, wives? husbands and wives yeah um yeah which is so funny because you, like you see her in feud and she's amazing she's wonderful feud. on feud she i honestly like because feud came out a couple years after trumbo did and helen oh, Mirren right. played uh had a hopper. And I was like, oh, damn, Helen Mirren's great as Hedda Hopper. Helen Mirren's great as Hedda Hopper. Judy Davis is devious as fuck as mm -hmm. Hedda Hopper. And I'm yeah. like, ooh, she might be doing better than Helen Mirren here. Yeah. Did I say Helen Hayes, by the way? I think I felt like exactly I knew Hayes. what you meant. So yeah. you might have said Hayes, but I was just going with it because I knew what you meant. Yeah. Moving on? Yeah. All right. Let's get this one out of the way. Um, our next nominee was Vanessa Redgrave as Olive, Chan Olive Chancellor in The Bostonians. Oh, speaking of Merchant Ivory. Yeah. This is her fifth of six nominations following Isadora, Morgan, Qu uh, Mary Queen of Scots, Julia, and then we see here. Uh, this is actually her first nomination post-Julia controversy. Right. Um, she's the only actress in this lineup to have more than one precursor golden globe nom la film critics and new york film critics association all for best actress in the bostonians vanessa redgrave is giving us big dyke realness uh -huh. with a little mixture of um uh not old timey what's the period i'm not sure what you're going for like um... like not Renaissance, right? Like Renaissance is a period, right? Sure, like so, Victorian. Victorian, yeah, like, like Edwardian. Like Ed, yeah, like let's just say Victorian realness. Um, in it, she plays a kind of like a feminist icon of her era, mm -hmm. where it's very much her taking lead on um, women's rights. Mm -hmm. It's a very important role, but. 
you you start because I'm I feel like I'm going to bash this before I need to and I need to hear someone else first. Okay. So um, another movie I'm not crazy about. Um, I thought it was kind of boring. Uh-huh. Um, I love Vanessa Redgrave. You know, just in general, she has a real gravitas about her. She has like a presence and like a power, even when she doesn't seem like she's doing anything. And I'm always here for that. But I don't know how much like dramatic material this movie is really giving her. I think she's working well with, with what she has to work with. Mm-hmm. But it's um, yeah, it's one of those like literature turned into film that I don't know. I'm not sure if it needed to be a movie um, because I don't know if it's. I mean, the, her co her uh, co star whose name eludes me has a lot more. Madeline Potter uh, played the character of Verena. Yeah, That's so what I, was I bring feel her like up. she has a much more Oscar e type role. Then again, Vanessa Redgrave is Vanessa Redgrave, right. and she does have that sort of commanding grounding. Um, in this movie and I respect that but yeah this movie just wasn't really doing it for me and I thought she was okay yeah I also questioned her category placement here I that crossed my mind because Madeline Potter is awful in this film Mm -hmm. she's so pretentiously annoying but she is definitely more of a lead than Redgrave she has the I'm trying to think of another word that's not showy but she has the she has the performance that kind of pushes things in a more direct way. Yeah, like, I feel like you could take out the Vanessa Redgrave character and the movie still would have been fine. Like, you didn't need her character in there as the narrative of, like, the lesbian... the lesbian love interest. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Jessica Tandy's character pushes a lot of the feminism through that this movie's trying to show. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't... I don't like this. And I know this is bad because this is now... One, two, three times that we've talked about her, and I've bashed all of her other performances, especially yeah. with Julia. Like, this is just not good. Yeah, I que- it's kind of like with Glenn Close. I kind of question whether her nomination came from who she is, mm-hmm. just as a person, and her um, record as a performer. I also am very curious to see what Glenn Close would have done with this, considering that she was attached to this role at one point. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I wonder how different it would have been. Yeah, I don't know. And this is, this is so funny too because, like, granted, it's not his work directly, but James Ivory directed this. Yeah. And then, like, you look at his writing for Call Me by Your Name, and it, Call Me by Your Name was one of the best movies of this decade, and in my opinion, and it's it's such a beautiful movie, and I loved Call Me by Your Name. It's my yeah. favorite movie of twenty seventeen. But then, like, you look at his early work here with the Merchant Ivory collection, and it's just like. Boring. Right. Well, the source material is also completely different. Because right. Only By Your Name was written in this century. And um, The novel, I mean. And a lot of his material for Merchant Ivory was written in, like, the 19-teens and 20s mm-hmm. and so on. And a lot of it took place even before then. Yeah. So, yeah, he was going for that sort of, like, masterpiece classic kind of thing on film. And I respect that in a certain regard and in a... But in a way, I'm like, I don't see myself re-watching a lot of these movies, like Passage to India or The Bostonians anytime never. soon. I probably will never watch them again. Yeah, so it's something I kind of, I guess I admire it more than I like it, yeah. if that makes sense. I meant to ask you too, When we, I, I'm glad we were able to talk about Redgrave here, because you mentioned um, Masterpiece Collection with Passage to India. Mm-hmm. I think it's because of this stuff too that I haven't, and I know you just started watching it, but Downton Abbey. Yeah. Like I will see Downton Abbey, or Downtown, I will see Downton Abbey, the movie, because 
hopefully it's going to bring Maggie Smith back to the Oscars. I'm trying to finish this series before the movie comes out. Yeah. It's one of Seth's favorite shows, and I've just never Is it really? It. Yeah. And I've never gotten around to it, but now that the movie's coming out, I was like, oh, I better watch this show. Because I heard, like, this show is very tedious to get through. Like, it can be very, very boring. But I'm, people love the show. I'm, I'm only one. I've just started season two, and I don't find it tedious. I think it's juicy as hell. Mm-hmm. There's so many characters, and so many of them are so conniving, and I'm here for it. Elizabeth McGovern, I am obsessed with the way she speaks. Like, I cannot get over how she speaks on the show. Well, she might be able to pull an Oscar comeback, too, because she had some Emmy and Golden Globe love for Downton. Mm -hmm. I mean, so did, I mean, only the one year, though, because Michelle... She um, she was nominated the first year, Elizabeth McGovern, and the rest of it was Michelle Dockery. Michelle Dockery. Um, But yeah, I mean... And Maggie Smith won for three of the six seasons, so... So, so people yeah. love her. I mean, I'll see the movie, but I don't oh, yeah. think I'll see the show until at least I see the movie. Because if I'm interested in the movie, then the show will drop yeah, in. Yeah, sure. So that's, I, I mean, I was 16 when it came out, but that's what I did with Sex and the City. I saw the Sex and the City mm. movie first, and then we went back and watched the whole series. Oh, okay. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. All right, so our final nominee of this year was actually our winner, Sally Field. Uh, this is at that time she went to... 2-0 for Oscars. She played Edna Spaulding, and she is the last of our uh, Save the Fire films in Places in the Heart. Um, this is actually her second of what would become three nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Norma Ray was her first. Lincoln would come out like 18 years later, so she, would, yeah. she took an 18-year absence from the Oscars. And only one precursor going into Oscar night, a Golden so Globe weird. win for drama. So again, Raggery was the only one to have more than one in all of her nominations. Um, in Places in the Heart, Sally Field again plays Enna Spaulding, whose husband is accidentally murdered, and, um, ends up finding out that, and now mind you, this takes place in, like, what, the early 1930s? Something like ends that. Ends up finding out she only has, like, $115 in the bank, which I guess is a lot of money back then, but now it's, like, ain't back, shit. It's, a, it's uh, quite a bit back then, but not enough to keep the farm going. Right. And she realizes that she has to plant cotton to save her farm. Mm-hmm. And she, uh saves the character of Danny Glover and they end up becoming really good friends and John Malkovich is in this and he does a really really good performance and um yeah this is a third farm third farm movie what do you think um I think she's fine in it um I'm again, this is another one of those movies I just wasn't really drawn to it wasn't really my thing I think she's um turning it out here mm-hmm. um she's uh channeling her Sally Field realness mm-hmm. and um giving you everything whether mm-hmm. you want it or not and um, I guess I can see the win here, um, considering she was still, you know, relatively fresh in people's minds from Norma Ray, but there'd been a little bit of gap, so it wasn't too soon to give her the win again. But yeah, she's giving a pretty powerful performance. Um, I'm just not really crazy about the movie itself. Um, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way in a bit of a way. Um, I'm not sure how you feel about it. It's a very it. uncomfortable racist movie. Yeah, it's... Like the, like, the kid who shoots her husband gets dragged. That really fucking bothered me. That really is horribly bothersome. So her husband is accidentally shot by a... And he's a, a police officer. A black child. He's a police officer, her husband, and a black child accidentally shoots him. And almost like the next shot, it's like an immediate cut. It's to like this little boy, the boy who shot her husband, who has been like chained to the back of a truck and has been apparently has been dragged for miles and is now dead because that's how this society treats justice and this movie immediately within 10 minutes was pissing me off horrible actions yes but i think if a movie is to make us this uncomfortable and upset it did its job well 
like Mississippi Burning, like 12 Years a Slave. It, it's a reality that we're, that we're watching, that we're facing in present time, mm -hmm. and realizing that this is why we're not going backwards in present day. This is why we can't go backwards. Mm -hmm. So horribly terrifying, yes, I agree with you. But I think it's a smart move on the movie to show us what it was like. I guess, but that the race thing kind of falls off at a certain point, mm -hmm. and the movie's not really about that. Right. Besides the whole Danny Glover connection and, and the, the whole white, the white savior clan. thing, well, but like, yeah. it's almost like a side thing. The the race story, and I don't, it just it felt like shoehorned in for the drama and for the jaw drop. Okay, I can see that, and that's why it really bothered me because the movie wasn't a. Because it's not Mississippi Burning where it's about racism in particular. And or... I didn't really like that movie either, but that's you'll hear that in a few weeks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it just felt like it was like drama for drama's sake. Yeah. Because I could see that. Because ultimately, that's not what this movie's about. It's about a mother trying to save her family farm. Yeah. And, yeah, it just rubbed me the wrong way. It's a very uncomfortable moment in the movie, for sure. Yeah. It felt like a bunch of old white people feeling like they were doing something progressive. Yeah. And it kind of falls flat, especially through the lens of today. Yeah. And it's um, not good. Yeah. Um, to get back to Sally, though, because we did get a little distracted. Yeah. I think I think that was a good conversation to have for the yeah. film's sake. Um, but she's good in this, but she falters because Malkovich and Krauss outshine her. In Malkovich this movie. was like the awards darling of this movie. Yeah. Because like when I was looking up Krauss's precursors, Malkovich was getting nominations. Everywhere. Right. But he just happened to be in a category up against Hank S. Noir. Yeah. But even that, like, Hank S. Noir is the lead in that movie, but that's a whole other discussion. That's Killing Fields? That's Killing yeah. Fields. He's the fucking lead in that. Yeah. Um, like I said, a whole other discussion. But, um, yeah, I think Field is good. Her wins echo way too similarly to Hilary Swank. Mm. Hilary Swank won in 1999. Oh, yeah. Field in 79. Then they both won again in 84 and 2004. Hmm. And same same categories. So it's funny to me that Sally Field won so close in between, as did Swank, but then you see it happen all the time now where it's like um, Charlize Theron had a little little gap in between, couldn't take those two home. Hmm. And then people are like, oh, well, it's been too soon. Yeah. I'm like, they, I mean, it happens. But then you get Christoph Waltz, so I think one, two, twice within like three or four years. Within three years, yeah. yeah. It, it, it happens. Yeah. So I hate when people are like, oh, it's too soon that they shouldn't win. Like, no, if they're worthy, they're worthy. Like, shut up, Sasha Stone. Oh, I agree. Like, I just know that's, I agree with you. That's just, I just know that's a thing that's in yeah. people's minds. But yeah, so Swank and um, uh, Field have a really weird, weird connection because they're like the same years, 20 years apart. Yeah. I wonder if like 20 years from Million Dollar Baby we'll finally get our third Hillary Swank nomination. <laughs> I don't know. She almost got one for, for conviction. Homesman. She almost got one for the Holmesman, too. She was in the conversation. Yeah, because I remember seeing her on the round table for that. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know what? Honestly, poor Hilary Swank. I don't know what happened to her career. But, like, mm. she needs to have, like, some kind of resurgence. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I kind of, like, if I had, if I was 2-0, would I want to just come back for any nomination? Because poor Sally Field, she, for 18 years, she was a perfect scored Oscar winner. Mm, yeah. She lost for Lincoln. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, but Sally Field, uh, we're getting really distracted here. Um, Sally Field, I think she's good. I, I, I don't know if I agree with this one, but I'm not 
against it. Yeah, it's a win that I can see the win, but I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. But we'll we? get to that soon. Speaking of getting to it soon, yeah. shall we? Okay. Let us flip our notes. All right, start us off. Okay, so uh, your nominees for uh, supporting actress, uh, once again, were uh, Peggy Ashcroft in Passage to India, Lindsay Krauss in Places in the Heart, Glenn Close in The Natural, uh, Christine Lottie in Swing Shift, and Geraldine Page in The Pope of Greenwich Village. And I am giving my number five slot to Peggy Ashcroft simply because she doesn't belong in this category. Uh, same. Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Peggy so, Ashcroft uh, does not belong there, so she's fifth. So my number four slot is going to Glenn Close for The Natural. It's a role that really doesn't demand very much of her, and uh, she's not really able to do all that much interesting stuff with it. And I'm also not entirely sure why she's here. As much as I love Glenn Close, I really don't get this particular nomination. So she's getting my number four slot. Number four is also going to Glenn Close for everything you just said on top of she literally doesn't belong there and has said it herself that she really shouldn't have been nominated. Mm -hmm. I mean, if Glenn doesn't think it, then she shouldn't have had it. Sure. So. My uh, number three is going to Lindsay Krauss uh, for Places in the Heart. I think she's doing pretty well here. Um, she's uh, taken charge, and I'm here for it. But um, there's something I liked a little bit more about these other two, so uh, Lindsay Krauss gets my number three. My number three actually goes to Geraldine Page. Um, I think, again, I mentioned it, like, she she does really, really well when she has brief roles. And, yeah. I, I mean, it's the biggest impact of the movie. And it goes to show you that she's doing something well if she's the only thing from this movie to get nominated for just this. So, like, I, I like it, but I don't know if I could go higher having Lottie and Krauss still there in the conversation. Okay. So I, I would say Geraldine Page at three. Okay, so who I have remaining is Geraldine Page and Christine Lottie. Mm -hmm. And I'm giving my runner-up slot to Geraldine Page, and I'm giving the win to Christine Lottie. Geraldine Page owns those five minutes that she's on screen. She's amazing. She's a powerhouse in that scene. She makes that movie... I wouldn't say she makes the movie worth watching, but she makes that clip worth watching on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was here for it. Uh, Christine Lottie, though, um, 1980s Alice and Janney, that's my shit. And um, <laughs> she's the standout in that movie by far. It's clear to me why she was the only thing nominated uh, from that movie. And I think that should have been her win. It's a wonderful role, and she owns it. Heard that. Heard that. Um, I really like Christine Lottie, and I really, really like uh, Lindsay Krause. Uh, but there is a clear winner here for me. Um, with that said, I'm giving the runner-up spot to Lottie and giving it to Krause for the win. Um, Lottie is perfect in this role. I think definitely for Swing Shift being such a, the light that shines through and would be the only reason, again, why I would want to go see that film again. Like I said, when I, I watched it once before, I revisited for this, and she was, like, the, the only driving force to me this movie again. Like, she's that strong of a character. With that said, I feel the same way about Krauss with this movie. But Krauss, John Malkovich, that I look forward to if I ever watch Places in the Heart again. Um, I think Krauss is just perfect. Um, she really does remind me of Penelope Milford in Coming Home Here. Mm. She does what she needs to do. She doesn't take away from the actual story. She, she keeps um, pushing it forward without with her. Um, I, I think she's very snippy where she needs to be snippy. She's funny and loving where she needs to be funny and loving. And honestly, I said it with um, when we just talked about uh, fuck, what's her name? Sally Field. Is that she she's, she's better then. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, I have to give it to Krauss then. I mean, if you can draw me in from your main character, just like Lottie did, but I just think she had more oomph 
to her performance. Okay. So I yeah, I gotta, I gotta give it to Lindsay Krauss. Okay. Moving on? Yeah. All right. So to recap, our lead categories were Vanessa Redgrave in The Bostonians, Sally Field in Places in the Heart, Jessica Lane in Country, Sissy Spacek in uh, The River, and Judy Davis in A Passage to India. My fifth spot goes to Judy Davis. Number one, I don't think she belongs here. I think she's the supporting of the two. Um, so for me, it's category fraud and Outside of that, she's just not memorable. There's nothing going on for her here, and it's also my real dislike for this movie. Yeah, Judy Davis also gets my number five slot. Um, I just didn't like this movie, and she wasn't making it any more interesting for me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she's going to get my five. Heard. Uh, my number four is Vanessa Redgrave in The Bostonians. She would be number five if Davis wasn't there, but, I mean, there's just, again, I also think this is category fraud. Um, I, I, I'm not going to pull a tie to tie someone in last, you know what I mean? And also too, that just doesn't make any fucking sense. So in a way, Davis really suffers from being supporting. Vanessa is also kind of last for being supporting, but at least Vanessa Redgrave, like, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a lesbian. I can remember something about it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I can't remember shit about Judy Davis. So mm-hmm. number four. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave also gets my number four slot. Um... Love Vanessa Redgrave. I think she's doing fine with what she's got here. It's just a, another boring movie, and that's not giving her very much material to work with outside of what she's doing internally. Like, she's one of those actresses who, even when she's seemingly not doing anything, she's doing something beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. But when the movie is such a kind of a drag, it's uh, kind of hard to pull that out or want to pull that out as an audience member. Yeah. So uh, she's going to get my... Uh, slot, which means we have the three ladies saving the farm. As yeah, the three. farm ladies is a three. So, um, ranking the farm ladies, uh, Sally Field gets my third spot. I think she's just the least interesting of the three. Um, I've I already said it numerous times, Kraus and Malkovich outshine her, so there's no reason for me to be like, oh yeah, here's a win. Um, I mean, it's okay, she, but she's not the reason why I want to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. If I want to watch it. You know what yeah. I mean? So, it's, it's, it's Sally Field's at three. She's also my three. Ooh, look um, at us. Yeah. Um, oh my. <laughs> like, I'm not going to repeat what I said, but you know I don't like this movie. Uh, Sally Field's doing her thing. Um, she's very Sally Field in this role. And um, not disrespecting it, I guess I can see I can see why she would win this. Um, but yeah, it wasn't really doing anything for me. At a certain point, I kind of got it. And mm-hmm. um, nothing really changed. Yeah. So yeah, she's going to get my three. All right, so we both have Lang and Spacek left. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the Battle of the Farm, yeah. for sure. Um, with that said, uh, my runner-up's got to go to Spacek. I'm giving Lang the win here. Um, first with Spacek, I think Sissy, this is my favorite of the nominations we've talked about so far with her. Again, with Missing, with um, Carrie, and with Coal Miner's Daughter. Um, I think she's great. She's the best thing about her film. It's very very realistic in a way that I feel like I could know that person, but Lang is a force here. Mm-hmm. I love country. It's my favorite of the farm movies. Um, and there's not one moment where I think Jessica Lang is off in this movie. I think it's a perfect note, perfect hit every time. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I got a little verklempt with her, uh, with her, and speech there even though i know what happens i've seen this movie but it's still like if if i know what's happening especially if i've seen it before and you can still move me to tears like fuck yeah you should have won that oscar jessica lang Mm -hmm. um so yeah i'm giving the win here to jessica lang 
I'm giving my runner-up spot to Jessica Lange, and I'm giving the win to Sissy Spacek. Oh my god, we only missed it by two. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think Jessica Lange's doing well here. Um, it's a movie that I think was definitely more designed for like this powerhouse lead actress performance, and Jessica Lange is hitting every note, and she's making the role her bitch, basically. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little bit more drawn to the type of performance that Sissy Spacek is doing in The River. Um, and I'm just, I was just more interested in Sissy Spacek and what she was kind of doing than what Jessica Lange was doing. Okay. Um, that's pretty much it. I was just a little more drawn to Sissy Spacek, even though I think Jessica Lange was worthy of her nomination by far. Well, I'm excited because this is the first that I've given Jessica Lange an Oscar. Oh, yeah. And I know you gave it to her two weeks ago for... One of her nominations. Francis. Yeah. Yes. Um, so this is very refreshing that we both at least have Jessica Lange as a winner here yeah. somewhere. Um but now we are 0 and 2 for Sally Field on some nominations or on some wins. Oh, that's true. Because we both gave it to Bette Midler last season for uh, The Rose, which is yeah. definitely earned yeah. for Bette there. But yeah, so I have um, Lindsay Krauss as my supporting winner and Jessica Lange as my lead. Yeah, and I had Christine Lottie and Sissy Spacek. We were pretty close there, though, in like. For the most part, yeah. yeah. Well, I honestly thought that I honestly thought that we were going to agree on lead when we got to the final two. I had a feeling that you either had Lang or Spacek, but I wasn't sure. I had yeah. a feeling Davis and Redgrave were your bottom two. Um, how did, I, did you think I was going Lottie for supporting? I, again, I thought she was either your one or your two. I wasn't sure if she was going to be your win. Yeah. Um, uh, your Geraldine Page at number two actually shocked me. I did not yeah. think that Cross was going to be your third. Uh, Geraldine Page is great in that role. She really, she, she really turns that scene out, even though she's only given like a scene and a half. She really is. She was, she owned that role. I agree. Yeah. But do you know what else I agree on? Hmm. I agree that we're going to love talking about next week's uh, lineup. Yeah, 1985 is going to be fun. 1985 is what brought us together. That's true. And we'll have to find out next week on why it brought us together. But um, there's so much to talk about with it, and I'm so excited. Because mm-hmm. we have Geraldine Page and Anne Bancroft. And Margaret Avery. Meg Tilly. Uh, Amy Madigan. Angelica Houston. Right? Yes. But who are we missing? Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Oprah. Oprah Winfrey. And, ooh, and we get to spill some tea because that Angelica Houston interview just came out. Oh, boy. <sighs> oh, boy. That was that was a fun read. Mm-hmm. That was a really fun read. All right. So, until next week, I'm Joey Gentile. I'm Brandon Stanwyck. And this has been Academy Queen's Your LGBT Guide Through the Academy Awards Per Decade Per Category. And this week's episode was 1980 Snooze. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.